want to commiserate with the older folks for a minute. You young folks will have to just bear with us while we do this. But for those of you who are older, have you noticed that things that you used to be able to do pretty easily now take a lot more effort? Things that used to not bother you at all now just wear you out? Isn't that the case? Uh, something's happened. Something has changed. In this case, the answer to what's changed is simple. We're getting old. <laughs> That's what's wrong. And so things that used to come pretty easily to us, maybe chores or work that we formerly could do with plenty of energy and, and not be tired when we got done, and now that's changed. Something has changed. Well, that's what happens when we get older. Now, I want to talk to you about a different situation. Think back to your time serving the Lord, to the to the period of time in which you've been a Christian, a member of the body of Christ. Is it so with you, maybe, that as you think back, you, re you remember a time when certain things were easy to do, that maybe you approached these things with a great deal of excitement and enthusiasm, but now, maybe it's not so. And now the things that you used to do joyfully in service to the Lord have become Maybe burdensome. And it's harder to get going. It's, it's harder to make yourself do some of those things you used to do quite easily as a Christian. Now let me suggest to you, if that's the case, then something has changed. Just like we said, when we get older, things change. Maybe if that description we just gave of spiritual service to God is indicative of you. Things that used to be pretty easy for you to be motivated to do, now you have a harder time getting up and getting busy in service to God. If that's the case, something has changed. And I submit to you, the thing that has changed is your level of zeal for serving God. And so, in our lesson this morning, we want to ask a simple question because it may be indicative of some who are with us this morning that your zeal has diminished. And we ask the question, what has happened to my zeal? Why is it so, maybe, that now it's harder to get motivated, to get busy doing the will of God? We want to talk about that this morning because it's important, and it's important for us to seek the answer if that situation exists in our lives. Thank you for being here this morning. I would add words of welcome to those that Jack already extended. We're glad for everybody who's here. We're very grateful for our visitors. We appreciate you very much, and we want you to know that. We'd love for you to come back every time you have a chance to be here, and as was already indicated, ask questions if you have them. We're open to your questions. We're trying hard here at College View to be a church like the, the one you read about in the pages of your New Testament. That being the case, we're trying to do everything just as the New Testament prescribes. We're trying to imitate uh, the example of those first Christians as they served uh, God uh, under the authority of the inspired apostles. And so if you ask us, why are you doing it that way? We want to be able to give you a book, chapter, and verse kind of an answer. So please ask if you have any questions. But again, thanks to everyone for being here. Thanks for the encouragement that you provide us by your presence. Let's start out by asking, how can I tell if maybe I have a problem in this area of zeal? Uh, what would be some of the warning signs, some of the indicators if perhaps in the past I was excited and enthusiastic about serving the Lord, but now I realize that uh, maybe I'm not at that same level. One of the indicators of that would be uh, the situation in which you find yourself less involved in doing work for the Lord. When we're excited about something, we get busy doing it. I, I remember uh, when we lived in East Tennessee, 
the boys and I spent a lot of time backpacking up in the Smoky Mountains. And sometimes that was pretty hard work. We climbed some pretty steep trails and some uh, relatively uh, tough going. But man, we loved it. And it wasn't anything. If someone said, let's go camping tomorrow night, it wasn't anything for us to drop everything, pack up our packs, and go. But I want to tell you something. It's been years since I've done that. And if someone were to tell me today, we're going to go up in the Smokies, we're going to hike five miles and go to a certain place and pitch tents in the backcountry and lay on the ground and sleep, I'd say, uh, I don't know about that. And I'm, not, I'm not sure I want to go. <laughs> you know, Something has changed, right? Something has changed. I'm not involved in that anymore. It'd be pretty hard to get me involved. I just don't have any enthusiasm for that sort of thing, or certainly not the same level that I used to have. I've lost my zeal for it. I think the same thing can happen spiritually. And if you see that you're less involved in doing the things of God than you used to be, perhaps it's a zeal problem. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 58, it says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Notice here in the middle of this verse the expression that we should be always abounding in the work of the Lord. In other words, our service for the Lord should be overflowing in quantity, abounding, abundant. We should be doing lots of things working for the Lord. And if you find out that you're really not, and that, that as you stop and analyze your situation and you say, I haven't done much, I'm not doing much, then again, it may in fact be an indicator of this zeal problem that we're talking about in our lesson this morning. I believe we could also say there's a problem if you realize that you have no true hunger or thirst for the things of God. Let me show the verse that makes me use that expression, hunger and thirst. You know this verse from Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, in the so-called Beatitudes. Jesus said, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Pay special attention to the word hunger and the word thirst. I understand that especially in the original language, Jesus used terms here to describe an extreme situation. Sometimes we use the word hunger. I'm hungry. We're gonna, when service is over here, it'll be about lunchtime, and uh, as we're standing around talking, someone might say, let's go get something to eat. I'm hungry. Well, you might be hungry, but you're not hungry like this. The word Jesus used describes someone who is about to starve to death for hunger. And the word he used for thirst was descriptive of a person who was about to die of dehydration. Jesus said our desire for righteousness, for the things of God, should be like a man who's about to starve to death or like a man who's about to die for lack of water. If you were in that condition, starving to death, no water, what would be on your mind? One singular thing. I've got to find something to eat. I've got to have some water. Nothing else would matter. That would be your top priority. Jesus says if you have such things as your top, if these things of God, the matters of righteousness, are your top priority, then you will be satisfied. But again, if you realize that you're not at that level, you don't have that great hunger and thirst for righteousness, then we would suggest you need to seriously consider what is your level of zeal for God. I think another thing that comes to play when we begin to lose our zeal or enthusiasm is that we develop a critical attitude toward things. When, when everything's going like it should in your spiritual life, when you're up there enthusiastically serving the Lord at a high level, then 
you work through problems and setbacks and obstacles. Those problems are going to be there, right? We, we understand that. There's always going to be things that we have to deal with. We're working uh, with a bunch of human beings. We're, we're all human. We have our weaknesses and failing. That being the case, then from time to time, there'll be certain things that have to be dealt with. We understand that. It's always been the case. Go back and read in the first century. Read about those churches in the first century. Realize they had issues. They had to deal with those issues. We do too. We have to deal with our issues. When you have a right level of zeal, then you say, well, we'll find an answer. We'll work through this problem. We'll get to a solution. But if your zeal has diminished, then you begin to focus on these things more and more. You begin, you begin to become a fault finder, and you begin to develop a very critical attitude toward everything and everybody. And I, I would argue that that critical attitude that some develop is an indicator that their zeal is not where it needs to be. In Matthew chapter 7 and verse 1, a verse that's so often misused, Jesus said, Judge not that you be not judged. As we've often talked about this, we know that Jesus was not issuing a blanket condemnation on judging. Because we know other places in the Scriptures tell us that we must judge things. So what was Jesus talking about? Well, he was exactly talking about this hypercritical and hypercritical and uh, um, uh, judging that we're trying to describe here. Hypercritical and hypocritical, that's what I was trying to say. Hypercritical and hypocritical judging is what the context is talking about. In verses 3 through 5, Why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how will I say to thy brother, Let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye? Thou hypocrite. First cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. Get the picture of what Jesus was describing here. Here's a fella who has a huge problem in his life. It's categorized as someone who has a beam sticking out of their eye, a huge beam sticking out of their eye. But what's he doing? He's not taking care of that problem that he's got. He's got a huge problem. He's not addressing that. Instead, he's picking on the speck that is in his brother's eye. That is that hypocritical judging that Jesus was condemning. And I suggest to you that that sort of an attitude begins to manifest itself in us when we are not keeping up our level of zeal and enthusiasm for God as it ought to be. So again, what we're doing here is suggesting some self-test that you might want to apply. How can I tell if I've got a zeal problem? Well, that would be one of the indicators, a critical attitude. Let me also suggest that this really boils down to a lack of will or motivation. You just can't make yourself get up and get busy and get going spiritually. In Romans chapter 12, verse 11, Paul says, Be not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. I would argue that the business that Paul's talking about there is the business of serving God. He's not talking about some secular business in the business world, so to speak. He's talking about our business. We are Christians. Our business is serving the Lord. And he says in that business, we need to be fervent. Now, fervent here is contrasted in the verse with being slothful. Slothful is the word for lazy, right? So we should be fervent in our business of serving God. We shouldn't be lazy. The fact of the matter, though, is that if we are just pretty lazy about serving God, then we have a zeal problem. Uh, I, I would tell you very honestly, very candidly, 
that it should not be, it should not be hard to motivate Christians to attend all the services of the church. That shouldn't be hard. It shouldn't be hard to get Christians motivated to study their Bible faithfully and regularly. It shouldn't be hard to get Christians to be willing to tell others about their faith in Christ and the good things that they enjoy as uh, disciples of our Lord Jesus Christ. But when it is hard to get a Christian to do those things, when it's hard to get a Christian to come to services regularly, when it's hard to get a Christian to study his Bible, when it's hard to get a Christian to talk to somebody else about what he believes, then all of that suggests a spiritual laziness, a lack of will and motivation, and it is a zeal problem for sure. So here's some warning signs. Here's some things to be considering. Are these things true in your case? Uh, it's, it's so important for us to have a proper level of zeal serving God, but it, has your zeal diminished? Well, think about that. Now, what do you do? What do you do with that information? How can you regain your zeal? Well, the first thing to do is examine yourself using the very kind of test and maybe some others that you could think to add to that list. Examine yourself to see if you got this problem. Analyze where you are. That's very important. And it's really what we've been suggesting in our first several points. You've got to think about where you're at. And you might as well um, be realistic about it uh, because uh, certainly God knows what your situation is and you might as well be honest about your own situation. Uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, it says, Examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith, prove your own selves. Uh, we're supposed to do this kind of uh, analysis. We're so, supposed to evaluate ourselves to see where we are we need to be checking up regularly about our spiritual status. And again, we might as well be honest about that because certainly we know that the Lord knows our situation. Uh, in 1 John chapter 3, verse 20, it says, If our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. And so this is saying you might as well make an honest evaluation. No, no use trying to engage in self-deception here. No, no use thinking that you're something that you're not. Because God knows our situation even better than we know it ourselves. And so the first step in this process is honestly evaluate, get a sense of where you are. Secondly, you need to remember. Uh, remember where you used to be. Think back to the situation as it used to be in your spiritual life. You know, in a lot of different things, uh, we can draw motivation by remembering a better time in the past. Uh, maybe uh, you're thinking about dieting or exercising and you remember back to that day when you were in better shape. You remember back to that time when you were at a lower weight and you say, I'd like to get back to that level. So you remember what it used to be like and that sort of spurs you on to try to diet or exercise or something of that nature. Well, spiritually, we can benefit from thinking back and remembering what things used to be like spiritually. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 32, the Hebrew writer says, Call to remembrance the former days in which after ye were illuminated ye endured a great fight of affliction. Remember that the Hebrew letter was written to some Christians who were on the verge of giving up. Uh, they had basically been tempted to go back into Judaism. These were 
people who had converted, been converted out of Judaism into Christianity, but they were thinking about going back. And the Hebrew writer tells them, you need to spend some time remembering the former days, your days as a Christian, in which you endured a great fight of afflictions. He says, remember, you were so excited about this. You were so committed to what you were doing that you were even willing to suffer persecutions for the cause of Christ. Remember back to that time. And he thought that that would help them if they would do so. I, I agree. That would, it helps us sometimes to remember the former days of our service to the Lord. Maybe when we were working at a higher level, being more enthusiastic in our service. In Revelation chapter 2, verse 5, the Lord says to the church at Ephesus, Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works. I really believe that for a lot of us, we could gain strength by remembering how it used to be as a Christian for us, how we felt. Maybe even remembering back all the way to that day when you first obeyed the gospel of Christ. Can you remember how excited you were when you became a Christian? That's a good thing. Try to remember that. Think back to then, and I believe it will help you regain that zeal. Certainly, something that we need to do is we need to study and pray. If we want our zeal to get stronger, we've got to spend time studying the Word of God. That's how He communicates to us. And we've got to spend time in prayer. That's how we communicate with Him. And He has promised to answer our prayers when we make them. In Psalm chapter 119, verse 28, Psalm 119, verse 28, says, My soul melteth for heaviness, strengthen me, strengthen thou me according unto thy word. Notice that situation. I, I believe that's sort of descriptive of the situation that we're trying to describe this morning. My, my soul melteth for heaviness. I'm just down. I'm depressed. I'm not up at that high level of enthusiasm and zeal for serving God. My soul melteth for heaviness. What do I want then? I want to be strengthened. How do I gain that strength? Strengthen thou me according to thy word. Strength comes from the word of God. When I'm down, when I'm depressed spiritually, I can be strengthened by spending time in the word of God. And then certainly, we know that we have the promise that God will help us when we pray to him. Luke 11, verse 9, I say to you, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. And so... Definitely a big help in regaining your level of zeal is to spend time studying and praying. But you know what sadly is often the case? When we begin to lose this enthusiasm for God, it sort of snowballs because we spend less time in prayer, we spend less time studying the Word, and then we get more discouraged, more depressed spiritually, we spend less, even less time in study and prayer, and it just becomes a downward spiral. Break the spiral. Stop that from happening. Reinstitute a plan of study and prayer in your own personal life to get your zeal back. And then, of course, another thing that definitely helps is that if we will draw near to other Christians. Uh, I believe, certainly, that God's wisdom is seen in that He, in His wise plan, intended for us to associate together in the body of Christ in local congregations. And a great resource for us when we're struggling spiritually, maybe when our level of enthusiasm is down, is to get around other Christians and let them build us up. Uh, unfortunately, what too often happens is that when we begin to get down, then we pull back from our fellow Christian. 
And we're doing exactly the wrong thing. That, again, is going to compound the problem. We need to draw close to other Christians and get the strength which comes from them. In Galatians chapter 6, beginning verse 1, Brethren, if any man be overtaken in a fault, you which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Uh, the idea of this passage is that we're there to help one another. And, and it is a powerful resource for us to use. So if I stumble and begin to fall, you're there to pick me up and vice versa. We're supposed to do that for one another. And it can be a great resource. If you're in that situation that you feel that your zeal has diminished, I encourage you by all means, draw close to your brothers and sisters in Christ and get the strength that they can give you. So let me suggest... Too often, we go the wrong way, but when we realize that we've got a zeal problem by evaluating ourselves and examining where we are spiritually, then we need to remember back to the former days, study and pray more fervently, draw near to our fellow Christians. I believe that those are very plain and simple methods that we can use to get our zeal back. In the process of all of this, never forget that zeal is, first of all, a thing that we are commanded to have. I mean, this is not optional. You can't say, well, there's some, that, that guy, he's a real zealous Christian. I mean, it seems to me that he's just always very excited and enthusiastic at serving the Lord, but that's not me. I mean, he, he's, he's, he's very up. He's very upbeat about his service to God, but that's just not me. That's just not, that just doesn't describe me. So he's that way. I'm not. That just happens to be the way it is. It's an optional thing, this zeal business. No. No, it's not. It's not optional at all. We are actually commanded to be zealous. In the text that Mark read for us earlier from Matthew chapter 22, remember, they asked Jesus a question. Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. Emphasis here on all. We're to serve God with all of our heart soul and mind, not just some of it, not just a fraction of it, just not partially, but totally. We're to be completely given over to our service to the Lord. And I would argue that that is zeal. That's enthusiasm for doing His work. And that's not an optional thing. It's commanded of us. But having said that, don't forget also that it's contagious, that as we develop that zeal, we'll be able to help others in the matter as well. The good news is that when... When I get really excited about serving the Lord, then it spreads to other people and vice versa. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 2, Paul said, I boast of you to them of Macedonia, your zeal hath provoked very many. Now think about that. Paul said, I've talked to other people about you Christians there in Corinth. These were people that they didn't even know one another personally. Uh, they were some distance apart. But he said, I have boasted of you to those who were in Macedonia, and when they heard about your zeal, it has provoked them very much. Well, what about us? What happens when you're around a person who's very excited and enthusiastic, full of zeal for serving God? Isn't that an infectious sort of thing? Doesn't that spread to you? Don't you feel like you want to do better? I'll tell you, the same thing happens on, on, on the other side of that coin as well. When you get full of excitement and enthusiasm for serving God, Others will be positively, positively influenced as well. This is a contagious thing, and it's a good thing. It's a good contagion. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, we actually have the job of doing this. Let us consider one another to provoke into love and to good works. We should be thinking about our fellow Christians 
and doing the kind of things that will help them become more and more excited about serving God. It's a contagious thing, and it works both ways, and that's very good. So what about zeal? What's your level of zeal? We've been talking to those this morning who are already Christians. And to you who are already Christians, I would ask you, what is your level of zeal? Is it increasing? Is it growing? Or would you have to say, upon some very honest self-examination, would you have to say, well, no, my zeal seems to be slipping. If that's the case, you've got to stop that process and turn it around. You need to get your zeal back. We've tried to offer some very practical means by which that can be accomplished, and we hope that you will do it. If it is so that you need the prayers of your brethren this morning, we're available for that purpose. And as we sing this song coming up, we'd be glad to pray with you and for you this morning. If you have a special need, let us know. To those who are here today uh, who have not yet obeyed the gospel of Christ, we would simply encourage you to make this commitment, to submit to God's will for your life. Obey the simple gospel plan of salvation. Hear, believe, repent, confess, be baptized for the remission of sins. If we can assist you in that obedience, we'd be excited to do so. If you need more information, if you'd like to study more thoroughly, just say a word. We'll do that also. If we can help in any way, let us know while we stand and sing this song. <laughs>